if you would bow your heads with me, we would pray. Father, we thank you and praise you this evening. We glorify you and we magnify your holy name. I ask that you would increase in me as I decrease. Anoint the ears and open the hearts of each and every person today, O God. Lord, whether they hear this message today or whether they hear it at a later date, I ask that you would open their anoint their ears and open the eyes of their understanding and help them, O God, to be able to receive, understand, retain, and apply the word to their lives. Because God, it doesn't matter how much we read. If we do not apply what we read, James 1 and 22 said that we must be a doer of the word and not just a hearer. And so today my prayer is that you, God, would help your people to understand retain and apply this word i praise you and i thank you today oh god that as i stand here before you that i will proclaim your truth because that's the only thing that will not return void in jesus name we say thank you god and amen and so today i'm going to be coming to you from the book of second timothy 3 and 12 and so forth but you know, um, my message says, no one enjoys suffering. Nobody enjoys suffering, okay? People do not like to suffer. But the Bible promises that if, if you are a child of God, you're going to suffer. So, because we're living in a fallen world. We are living in a world that, that is twisted, a world that is distorted. The Western culture, on the other hand, do not understand. They have no knowledge or no idea what suffering is. We have so exalted the values of safety and comfort and convenience that anything less is now regarded as something similar to human violations. We think that we are being violated when we begin to suffer. We forget that we are supposed to be a peculiar people. We forget that we are just passing through. We are just pilgrims. We forget that this world hates us because we are in the world and we are not of the world. We forget that if we begin to follow Christ, we are going to suffer. But now we need to figure out a way of how to prepare for this suffering that is coming to the Western culture very, very soon. Amen. How do I know this? You know, right now in New York, they're building one of the largest mosques in the world. Think about this. Don't tell me Satan is not at work. But we, that if we don't get ourselves up and get into the things of God and begin to hear what the Spirit is saying to us, we will be persecuted even more. And we have to train ourselves how to stand and then stand. Yes. Now they said they were going to... I'm going completely off of my, my notes, but that's all right. They said they were going to bring in 65,000 Afghan refugees. But then they turn around and they say they were going to double it to 130 Afghan refugees, 130,000. I want you to understand that while we are sleeping, the Bible said while men slept, the enemy is creeping in. So they are building this huge mosque in New York 
which is the center of the sin city of the world, where they have millions of other gods, because everybody that comes from across the waters, most of them stop in New York first. So they all bring their gods. Now I don't know how true this is, but you want to tell me that you're going to bring some devils into this country and you're going to house them, you're going to feed them, you're going to put them in a place and then you're going to give them time to pray to their God? Have mercy, O God. So I'm here to encourage you by helping you to make up your mind that the, pro- the protection to persecution that the church, the true church of Jesus Christ has experienced in America is very unusual in comparison to the history of the world. We know that all the apostles except John was martyred. Every last one of them. Including the last one that saw Jesus on the road to Damascus. They all were martyred. If we are going to be disciplined followers of Jesus Christ, we will suffer persecution. This is not a, 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 a just a generic statement. This is a serious statement. Amen. So, what I'm saying is this. Even though we have seen little persecution, we have no reason to believe that we will forever escape persecution. For Christ's sake. So, let us focus on Two significant questions. And let me back up here because I got to read my scripture. Second Timothy 3 and 12. Go there with me if you have your Bibles. Second Timothy 3 and 12. You see, while people are placating and do, doing the dance to the devil, God is saying, get yourself in order. It's coming. Second Timothy Chapter, what I say, uh, 3 and 12, it says, Yes, comma, yes, comma. This is a deliberate statement. And all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Let me stop here. I want to read because I want you to hear what Paul is saying to Timothy. He said, yes, and then there's a comma. He said, all who desire. Everybody that said yes to Jesus do not desire to suffer. To live, if you desire to live godly in Christ Jesus, you will suffer persecution. It didn't say maybe. It didn't say if you're special. It says if you make a decision. If you make a decision. If you discipline yourself to live for Christ. If you make up your mind to live for Christ. If you decide to walk excuse me, with both foot in the kingdom. You will suffer persecution. So, are you willing to be persecuted for Christ? Excuse me. These are my two questions. Very significant. Are you willing to be persecuted for Christ? 
If you are willing, you will prepare yourself. If you make up your mind, it says, for all those who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. If you are willing to suffer for Christ, you to live for Christ, you will suffer persecution. You see, this is a desire and this is a decision that you have to make. Are you going to live like the rest of the Christians or are you going to follow Christ? Are you going to live like a follower of Christ? Remember, I've always said this. Jesus never said to come and be a Christian. He said, come follow me. So it says, I got to go back here again, because this is a serious statement. It says, yes. Let me read verse 11. It says, persecutions, afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch, at Iconian, at Lystra, which persecutions, I enlarged, I endured, I'm sorry, and out of them all the Lord delivered me. Look at this. Proverbs chapter, I'm sorry, this is it, Psalm. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivered them. Amen? So what am I saying? I'm saying this. Paul is letting you know. He went through a lot of persecution. But. And out of them all. The Lord delivered me. And that's when he said. He said but Timothy listen to me Timothy. And yes. All. Who desire. To live godly. You see a lot of people. A lot of people. Live. But they don't live godly. We have to make our decisions and trust God. Knowing that he says many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivers them, delivers him out of them all. And that's what Paul was telling Timothy. He said he suffered a lot of affliction. A lot of persecution. But it didn't matter because God. If God allows you to go through, he will bring you through. But you have to believe that. So we see. Then my second question, like I said, is. Are you ready to be persecuted for Christ? Readiness calls for watching and praying. Readiness calls for preparation. Readiness calls, if you're going to an interview and you're going to make sure that you prepare that everything is in order because you want to get that job. It's the same way if you are going to, knowing that you are going to persecution according to the scripture, then you need to now prepare yourself. You may go to some persecution that you, you don't even understand. But if you trust in God, if you begin to understand that every, all the battle is not yours, the battle belongs to the Lord. And if you begin to call upon Jehovah Nisi, he will deliver you. We have to make up our minds. Because first, are you willing? Second, 
Are you ready to go through the persecution? Because it's coming. The idea that people have a right to secure healthy life is an attitude that has unfortunately hemorrhaged over the church. People feel that we have a right to secure a healthy lifestyle. No. If you are truly a follower of Jesus Christ, you are going to go through some kind of persecution. And if you are living and you've been saved for any length of time and nothing is bothering you, you better check your salvation. Check to see if you're in the faith. You see, the extreme example of this is prosperity teaching which communicates that God wants Christians to be wealthy, healthy, and happy. Of course he wants you to be wealthy, healthy, and happy. But he said, he said, when the apostles said, Lord, we have left everything to follow you, what do we get? He said, in this world, you will have blessings on top of blessings, paraphrase, but with tribulation. With tribulation. Why did he say that? Jesus, why did you tell us that? Why didn't you just stop at the place where you said you're going to bless us? But he wanted you to know that Satan was not going to just sit back and allow you to get what he has prepared for you. We know the Bible said, ears, eyes have not seen or ears heard or what have entered into the heart of man, what God has put aside for us. I remember when we looked at this, this movie called The Lazarus Connection, when I looked at this thing and the man said, the angel said that mansions are ready, but the saints are not. The mansions are ready. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I will return and receive you to myself. So, we need to understand that we are living in the last days. When I look back and I think, even among more biblically orthodox Christians, they are all in one mindset. We're supposed to be healthy, happy, and wealthy. This prosperity gospel has gone out the window. This prosperity gospel has gone crazy. Nobody is explaining and trying to prepare you to be able to stand against the wiles of the enemy. That's what I'm here to tell you today. I'm here to help you to focus. Because somehow people think that they will escape the suffering, but they will be knocking on your door, trust me. The, the Islamic movement is here to subdue the world. They are here to subdue the world. They say kill the Jews and kill the, the uh, whatever they call us, the infidels. People of God, let me tell you something. What we are seeing today is nothing compared to what's going to take place 
in the near future. And may God have mercy on American Christians. May God have mercy on those that just tip, they tip the foot in the, they just put their, their toes in the water. They're not willing to step into the water. They're not willing to let the water hit their ankle. Ha, ah, glory be to God. And then they're not willing to let the water hit their knees. And then they're not willing to let the water hit them at the waistline. And then they're not willing to let the water take them up to their, up to above their waist where they have to swim. You see, everybody wants to take a joy ride. Everybody thinks that it's so going to be so easy. Christianity is not easy. Jesus said, if I suffer, you're going to suffer. We're all going to suffer. But we need to prepare ourselves. You see, suffering is normal in a twisted world. Notice the Bible regards suffering as normal. Part of this suffering comes from the fact that we will live in it, that because we live in a fallen world, and this kind of suffering falls on Christians and non-Christians. This is not just us. There's people out there that don't know Jesus and they're going through some terrible suffering. Because of the rebellion of Adam and Eve against God, the physical world itself has subject to corruption and decay according to Romans 8 verse 18 through 22. And I need to read that. Romans 8. Look at what the Bible says. It says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subject to humility not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Uh, Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. The earth is groaning. The earth is groaning. As a result of this, as a result of the rebellion of, rebellion of Adam and Eve in the garden, we have diseases, we have natural disasters, happens to everyone. We have modern science and technology telling us different things. But let me tell you something. We can shield ourselves from some of these things. Amen? Only from some, not everything. Because of the corruption and decay of this world. However, we cannot eliminate them entirely. Eliminate what? Hurricanes? Well, if they would stop tampering with the weather, we may would, maybe we wouldn't have so much hurricanes. If they would stop tampering with the weather to make it rain when they want it to rain, instead of God's way, we wouldn't have so much tornadoes. If they would stop digging down under the earth, we wouldn't have so much earthquake. 
But these things are not discriminating, like I said, between Christians and non-Christians. They are completely powerless. We are completely powerless to stop these things. However, however, when we begin to realize what is really happening around us, again, we that are prayerful because no matter what you go to, the Bible says that God will deliver you out of all these things. The Bible says God will not allow you to go through more than you can bear. That's scripture. So, again, we got to pray against the devils that are tampering with the weather. But how to endure suffering? When God takes away the now curse to prevent many diseases, we realize then that he is saying, okay, this is enough. We understand that. But God will allow us to go through some type of suffering. We're not going to escape it, but we just got to stay prayerful. And when it gets too big, we just say, God, I can't handle no more. Take it. Take it. See, we think... We think that money is the cure for everything, but it is not. I'm going to give you an example. There are those out there, they have the cure for cancer. They have the cure for heart disease. They have the cure for many, many diseases that's on, on, on the horizon, but they don't want to cure. They prefer, they have the cure for, for diabetes. They have the cure for blood pressure. But they're not going to tell you how to eat and what to do. They're going to give you a pill. Now we, God expects us to take care of his temple. If you have a house and the roof starts breaking down, you got to replace the roof. If you have a house and the pipes are busting every time you look around, you got to replace the pipes. If the windows are broken up, you got to replace the windows. If your house looks so raggedy on the outside, you now have to make sure that you replace these things. It's the same way with our bodies. If we are constantly going to the doctor for diabetes, then I need to change my eating habits. If I'm constantly having blood pressure, then I got to check out how much salt intake that I'm doing. It is our responsibility to take care of the temple of God. And so then you get so beaten down and so broken up that you can't spend no time to pray but three minutes. No! Three minutes ain't going to get it. You got to spend some serious time with God. You got to spend some serious time with God. Like I said, when I look back and I think about war and all the crime that's going on in our life today, I got to go right back to the Garden of Eden to notice how the rebellion of mankind have caused this to happen. There's a national cure for the plague, but because of the human greed, when I say the plague, I'm talking about COVID. There is a real cure for COVID. But because of greed, they can't make no real money. So they prefer to give you a shot. And eventually, you're going to have to start paying for this thing. Greed. As I said, when I look back and I think about all the, the, the physical injury 
for, my, for myself that I've been protected uh, from, I realize that God is in the midst. And he allows all of us to die. This kind of suffering is normal and part of normal life in a wicked world. As I close this message today, I want to help you to understand. Again, Jesus said in John chapter 15 and verse 20. Look what this said. John chapter 15 and verse 20. I'm just about done. He said, remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you. If they keep my word, they will keep your word. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you. If they persecute me, they will persecute you. This is not heresy. This is Jesus that said that. I got one more scripture that I'd like to look at. I have so much more scripture, but I want to go here really quickly. Um, first, Philippians 1 and verse 29. Philippians 1 and 29. Look what the scripture said. One of my favorite scriptures, Philippians 1 and 29. I want you to really look at this and concentrate on it because it's very important. It says, for, for to you, it had been granted on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake. God has granted you the ability to suffer, but are you willing to suffer and are you ready to go through the persecution? As I close today, I want you to know that if you ever feel like you're alone, you will realize that you're not alone. God is able to bring you through the world is in rebellion against God. It hates God. And when, it, when, he, when he came as a man, they did him wrong. And let me tell you, it's not the world that's really going to come against you. It's those that are in the church, just like they did to Jesus. Jesus says, a servant is not greater than his master. So, people of God, I close this message reminding you. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you need to give him your life. If you do not know him as Lord and Savior, you need to call us and we will be happy to pray with you. We love you until we see you again. God bless you. We thank God because, why? Why am I saying this? Because without God, you are in, you are just in trouble. Without Jesus, you're in trouble. So goodbye for now. Give your life to Jesus. He's going to save you. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans 10 and verse 13. Amen. Give the Lord some praise if you enjoyed the message. Or if you heard anything today that just reminds you. This is just to help you to remind you to be prepared. Prepared. Preparedness. It's a preparation thing, people of God.